Why does TBTL matter? It doesn't. Good answer. So you flew across the country for no reason? Don't be a dick. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast dedicated to the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Bobby Pape, coming to you from Studio 208 in the Hotel Decca in Seattle, Washington, and sitting immediately to my left, flanking me, you could say, is Christy Wise. Good afternoon, Christy. Hello, Bobby. Oh, we're going to have balance issues now. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound crappy. <laughs> success. <laughs> Top status success. <laughs> hey, you're the one who's editing this. All right. Hello, Bobby. <clears throat> and sitting across from me and Christy in the table that is the glass top desk of Studio 208 at the Hotel Decca. Chicago 10, Mike McCauley. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. Welcome to, to Little Red Bandwagon. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we do a weekly Monday show where we recap the latest week of TBTL that was and talk about all the latest happenings on the show. But this is a Friday edition of the show when we talk to a 10 about his or her, in this case, his favorite episode from TBTL history. And we learn a little bit more about them. And tonight, Mike has brought us something from a special occasion in the archives on this, the Final hours before the 2000th episode of TBTL, we will go back and take a look at another live show uh, from 2011. But first, we're going to get to know you, Mike, just a little bit. Oh, I thought you were going to say we were going to talk about the Boz. I like. That I you... came very unprepared completely Dude. differently than right. we were expecting. <laughs> he thought this was an interview about a book, a memoir, Confessions of a Modern Antihero, Brian Bosworth. With Rick Riley. Right. So basically, Rick Riley wrote it and put his. I read this book back in the day. You I did. I was a huge Bosworth fan. I do like that it's football's most outrageous superstar. Yeah. It the Boz. He was. Look at him. He has the Boz haircut, which we all yeah, wanted. Yeah, of course. You didn't have it? I didn't. Have... You were from here at that time. Yeah. Everybody had that. No, I, I did. I grew up out here. I, I'm from Seattle originally. I grew up on the other side of the state in the Tri-Cities where I went to Pasco High School. Um, and I, I was never a huge football fan growing up. Uh, it was more about the Mariners. But, I mean, the Seahawks back in the day, they were fine. They, you know, uh, Jim Zorn, Dave Craig, Brian Bosworth, the Boz here. I mean, I could rattle them off. Steve Largent, amazing. But, you know, they weren't that good, and they were fine, whatever. And then, you know, a few years ago, they got good, and then everybody's suddenly a Seahawks fan. Like, oh, 12th man, 12th man, You were a non-fan before it was cool. I really was. Right. So you've been over it for years. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. since the beginning. So this haircut, if people don't know, is basically a mullet with shaved sides. And what would happen is they would do three distinct lines. Yeah. And then you would do it green and blue. It's it's kind of a a high top fade with, with a bit of a mullet in the back. Yeah. And I mean, he's just amazing. Look, I just wanted to, I did bring this book because we're staying here at the Hotel Decca and they have a little library in the coffee shop downstairs. Mm-hmm. Which it's a very, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a swanky hotel. Like hmm. they're trying to make it look a little swankier than I think it is. Right. I think you were saying that too. Yeah. But they have a little library like you do in nice hotels. But what do they have? They have The Boz and they have a few other just terrible books. Yeah. But so I had to steal this. But, Right inside the cover, they have a few of the ten Boz commandments. Um, Four of them, anyway. Uh, I just have to read these. Be yourself or be dead. Oh, yeah. Good. Just don't even try. Just That's that's fine. That's redundant, though, right? Either you're... I mean, not redundant, but a given. You're either alive or dead. Right. Cause change. That's solid. Cause change. He's like, yeah. Show some emotion. The boss wasn't afraid to yeah. let a tear drop now and then. <laughs> and one more, one more. Never, ever be bored. That's it. You know who? You know who's bored? Boring people. Boring people are bored. Uh, oh, and then some of the chapter titles are just so great. Pranks right. for the memories. Are you taking this? I think I am taking yeah. this. <laughs> are you at least going to buy another 
ridiculous used book somewhere to do you think they bought this no, what's the inscription, the inscription say? On the inside, Dad, Merry Christmas, 1988. Love, <laughs> Dick, Linda, Melissa, and Nicole. So someone left it here. Yeah, or Goodwill around the corner, and they just went over there. And maybe so. Maybe they did. They paid a couple bucks for a pile of books. They're like, Hey, we need some books for our bookstore. Run over to Goodwill, and then they just grabbed an armful of the first books they. Found. Or Dad is Mitch, the general manager of this hotel. Mm-hmm. Or Dad is Brian Bosworth. Right. These are his four children. I feel like that would be a terrible gift for Brian Bosworth. <laughs> no, that is exactly the kind of gift Brian Bosworth would give. <laughs> well, this dad apparently wasn't very impressed with this gift, but if any of our listeners know of a group of children named Dick, Linda, Melissa, and Nicole, let's hear it. I mean, yeah. we can get this book back to its original owner. <laughs> Although, if it was at it's Good- a mystery if it was solvers. At- mystery solvers. Yeah. If it was at Goodwill, though, dad is probably no longer with us. Right. But that's too bad. I was hoping this would have been signed by Brian Bosworth, but it, it is not. Another chapter title? It could be. <laughs> Another chapter title? Hello, Moscow. <laughs> 55 minus 44 equals 11 million. Okay. They shoot linebackers, don't they? Which is a play on the old they shoot horses, don't they? It's like an old movie. Miami twice? I could kill on. Fame, fortune, and females. All right, I'm going to sign this. All right. Don't spell his name last. Wrong. To Bobby. Never be bored. <laughs> For those of you who can't see us through the recording equipment. Ryan. Boz. He just signs it Boz, but with two Zs now. <laughs> Because he's packed the weight. Well, on, it's so like it's my friend Rob in high school. My friend Rob, we were best friends, and he was always Rob, just Rob. You're a Rob. You're not a Rob, but I'm not a Rob. You yeah. get it. Yeah. And then, like a few years later, he started getting more into acting. And all of a sudden, he has two Bs on his name. Oh like, no! What the fuck. Yeah. And I still can't get used to it. He's still he's two Bs now, and I knew him when he had one B. <laughs> early, I knew him early. If he ever breaks big. <laughs> if you're just joining us, this is Little Twelve Bandwagon. Little Twelve Bandwagon with the Boz. With the boss, your talk about poorly co-written Seahawks memoirs. I don't know that it's poorly written. Yeah, I read it. I haven't even read it. I, I have you. I read it in 1988, whenever it came out. Um, You're right. Have you read it? Do you only because it was a Seahawk, or do you like sports memoirs in general? Um. Well, at the time, I just liked him specifically. Okay. And then since then, I like memoirs, period. Like, that's my main genre of The Land of Boz. Oh, I had that poster. Yeah. I read Bo Knows Bo. I remember that book. Bo Knows Bo? Mm -hmm. No. And also, I read the book by that pitcher whose arm fell off. (laughs) Fell off? Yeah. He was like a San Francisco giant. You know what I'm talking about, Bobby? I don't know what you're talking about. It got amputated or bit off or just just like literally fell off. Just a clean break. Middle of the game. Oh, that would be the best piece. That would, that's kind of, that's the kind of baseball I'd watch. Dave Dave Dravecki. Dave Dravecki. He was pitching and his arm just broke in the middle of the pitch and it didn't fall off, but he had to have it amputated. Jesus. Right. I read his book though. It was very inspiring. I read R.A. Dickey's Wherever I Wind Up. Good book. Who's that? The knuckleballer, R.A. Dickey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm pretending. I have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. He's, I used to collect baseball cards, too. but One of the only active knuckleballers in the major leagues today. Um, oh, he's active now? Yeah. Oh, then I, yeah, yeah. So I stopped paying right. attention a while ago. Like Got Phil it. Necro. <clears throat> yeah. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, Mike. Thank um, you. We'll stop talking about these things I don't know about. I just want to get a clean intro here so that when Jeremy has to cut the last 30 minutes of recording, he knows I where to pick it. up. <laughs> Why are we cutting it? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I think we've actually gotten enough intro on you. This is normally the part where we ask you to tell us a little bit about you, but I think we can get the rest through the lens of Christie's hard He just questions. wants to get out of here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Pizza's calling his name. Go eat pizza. <laughs> Hello, Mike. How are Hi, you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. In our spacious studios. Overlooking the beautiful Neptune Theater. Yes. Did you see the billboard that came up? The yep. official one? All right. So, um, <laughs> this is how it goes. I would like to know what your first episode of TBTL is and how did you come upon it or how did you happen upon it? Um, 
So I'm from this area. I live in Chicago now uh, with my wife, Joe, who has been on the show. And we were out here visiting and driving around. And she had started listening to the show before me and kept talking about it, kept talking about it, and would mention drops and things. Things I, I, I kept mm-hmm. hearing these references. I was an 11. I was just kind of your standard, typical 11. Um, and eventually I gave it a shot. I was really into podcasts in general, but kind of one of those things where I had kind of a full slate I was already listening to. Because um, you kind of worked for a podcast network. I did. Um, I worked for Earwolf for a couple of years doing their books, which um, was was cool and also not very interesting at all because I was just mm-hmm. you know playing with their spreadsheets and figuring out how many fucking – oh, can we swear on this? One? Yes. How many um, – Fucking T-shirts, the fucking Sorry, Sklar Aiden. brothers. You just have to apologize to Aiden. Sorry, Aiden. <laughs> but the Sklar brothers, n- nice guys, but man, dealing with their T-shirt issues. <laughs> you go all day on that. But anyway, so yeah, I, work, anyway, I can turn my microphone off. But mm-hmm. uh, I worked for Euro for a couple of years, and then, uh, and now I don't. But um, yeah, it was fun. But yeah, so we were in Washington. We were driving around. And I'm like, all right, put on TBTL. I'll listen to it. We're here in Seattle driving around. And I, I think I can vaguely remember the very first episode was one where they were, I mean, this is probably in the er, mid hundreds. Okay. Number wise. Um, and it might have been even a, an old repeat that Joe was just playing. But it was, um, they were talking to Sean and Sean was t- talking a story about getting really drunk and having to ride home drunk on his bike. <laughs> and going to have to narrow that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a really funny story. And they were, I just really liked how, you know, they really like, Sean was always kind of a punching bag. Like mm-hmm. they always would like right. gang up and tease him together. And, and it cracked me up. And um, I think that was the first episode, if, if I remember right. I, I can picture driving around and I can picture the image of like this, picturing this Sean guy driving around, you know. Um, it was fun. So I think that was the first one. And, and then I just kind of started listening to, to a few more. So which one hooked you and made you into a 10? Uh, I don't know. Um, it might have been like one of the early cooking segments, I think, an early cooking Sean and Tori. Or, or mis- maybe a Mystery Solvers, um, the one with the cloche. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Case Cloche. Yeah. Um, that might have been like some of those segments when they started doing when I started getting more into the segments and you know like getting more of the in jokes and knowing what the references all were. Yeah, I think that was probably around then. And what is your so you've been to a couple live events now or in yeah. in meetups? Um, yeah, in in tw- 2012, I actually went to the first uh, the Chateau Saint Michel picnic potluck, which mm-hmm. is where I met you, yes. Christy, for the first time. Along with a bunch of other people, and that was super fun, um, really fun. And then in the the clip we're gonna play is from the Chicago live show that I went to. They came and they did two shows there. Um, I was only able to go to one night, but that was super fun and and just a really amazing time. Yeah. Did you go to night one or two? It was night one. Okay. And I would say that I think that that live show was the first time where we really discovered how amazing the tens community mm-hmm. was um, because we had been friendly with people online through the stins i think and not mm-hmm. maybe not even the stins at that time the stick cam i don't even think i was in there yet but joe had started a facebook group for the chicago tens and there were nobody in. nobody mm-hmm. was joining it there was like seven eight nine people in it there weren't even 10 people <laughs> and then they announced the live shows and I think around then Luke joined the group when he was still on Facebook. And he was, I remember it was funny because Luke was literally the 10th member of oh. the Chicago 10s. And then they did the live show. And so we ended up having a lot of people join the, the 10s group to kind of like start getting geared up and ramped up for the show. And we hosted a party um, before the night one for people to get together, like what we're doing tonight. At Alice's? No, this was oh. not at Alice's. It was at a different karaoke place in Chicago called Trader Todd's. Interestingly, co-owned by Ogre from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, nice. Anyway, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But we went there and we had this meetup and it was really fun. But <clears throat> we had a good turnout. But they were all people from out. They weren't Chicago tents. They, they were, were like Midwest tents, right? Midwest tents. So we had people coming. We had 
um, Libby from Des Moines. We had uh, Robin and Justin from Colorado came. Yeah. We, uh, uh, Christy from Detroit. Yeah, Christy Landefeld yeah. from Detroit, who was just on this. Yeah, she's ago. great. She's amazing. Um, North Dakota tens, Roger and Becky. Uh, and I'm missing a lot of people, but people came from everywhere, Indiana. And so we we had this get together, and we just realized that, like, I think after that we we started getting to know these people better, and we we're still very good friends with them. But we realized something about being a ten you you automatically have so many things in common. Mm-hmm. You have a common language already and you just tend to like the same things in the same kind of in a in a similar way and we were like that was the time we're like tens tens are friends like if you meet somebody who's a 10 they're probably going to be your friend right um which is fun which is why I, i say chris hayes is my friend because he would be right mike pesca and i are best buddies i do know that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jesse eisenberg is very impressed yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, since then, just meeting tens, and that was before we met you, either of you. Um, but we just found that like they're just the best people, and we really lo- have loved getting to know tens since then. So I think that was the point where I really, I think maybe I'm jumping ahead on one of your questions you told me you're gonna ask. Mm-hmm. But that was like where I really discovered what like the tens community was all about, and like it's really great. I'm going to interrupt and thank you and Joe for being such great hosts because the first time I met you guys was the night that you rescued me and turned what was going to be an open night in my calendar coming out to Chicago a night early into a a Chicago tens meetup night. It was. That was fun. It resulted in many drunk uh, voicemails (laughs) to me. (laughs) We took you to uh, Alice's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started down at that dive bar. Oh, we did. Oh, Rossi's. Yes, we started at Rossi's, and then we went out to Alice's. Which is this weird tin thing where if Luke, if it's somewhere Luke likes to go, for some <clears> reason, <throat> we all got to always... go there. We got to right. go well, there. Well, you took us there, too, on our, yeah. the first time we came to Chicago. It's kind of a terrible place to meet it's up. It's, yes. loud, yeah, it's loud. It's small. It's, it's dark. Small, there's no room. It's cash only. It's, uh, it's terrible. Dank. Disgusting. I might use the word dank. And Luke. Is that good or All bad? what Luke, exactly how Luke described it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, he hasn't talked about Rossi's in mm-hmm. a while. I don't think he. Yeah. I don't think he does that anymore. And then you held the meetup for the Chicago Tens One Thousand show at your house. Yeah, we had a, we had a thousandth show listening party, and um, not very many people even RSVP'd. Like maybe four or five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really cold in the middle of winter, winter and yeah. then there was a blizzard that day, yeah. and we had two people come. And it was uh, Tim from Chicago, who's this amazing, amazing 10 we know there. And Christy Landefeld, who actually flew in from Detroit for the weekend to do it. Um, and I remember Jen got in touch with Joe and was like, we're going to call you. You know, we want to touch base with the mm-hmm. parties. And they did. And you, you were there, right? And Joe was, she just had a re- really hard time hearing what was going on mm-hmm. because of the weird echo and stuff. And I guess they were just trying to fill time while they were trying to get Ira Glass on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then, which I don't think they were successful with. No, I don't no. think so. Huh? Um, and then they just decided that she was drunk and started making fun of her for, for being Aww. a drunk lady in Chicago. But she I mean, was that's just the, she, they're, not unro- they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Right. But in this at instance. Moment, the- <laughs> at that moment, she was fine. But then I think they cut that out of the episode yeah. And it has, have you ever been on TBTL or had anything? Uh, I've read never, or anything? I've never had like my, I've never had my voice on the show. I've had a lot of early, I used to have a lot of emails on. I, I emailed them the, um, the butter guy from Norway. Oh, that's a good I one. Them, I, I will eat that. your butter. I don't remember where I found it, but I found it somewhere and I was like, I have to send this in. Yeah. And Jen immediately. It's a Jen, classic. Yeah. And Jen wrote me back immediately. It was like, this is amazing. We're going to use this yeah. on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I love that clip so much. Yep. Um, they still use it a lot. Yeah, they do. It's Especially so around the holidays. Yeah. yeah. Um, so last question. Why does TVTL matter to you? Uh, to you. To, to me. You. To, to me. Yeah. It matters to me because... Make me cry and you get a point. Oh, really? No. <laughs> are there points? Yeah, there are. Oh. Um. <laughs> I what it means to me is it, it really 
it's about the community because the show has changed a lot since I became a fan. It's a whole different show. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And that, and I think during the transition, that was really like, it's very tense. Like, which side are you on? Do you like mm-hmm. Jen? Do you like Andy? And it's okay to like them both, but they're just different. And, um, but what stayed the same is the sense of community and these amazing people that I would hate to, I, I couldn't imagine not having all these great friends that we've met through this group and through the whole, through the whole country, including Chris Hayes, who I met at a book signing. And I said, Chris Hayes, I'm a 10. And he looked at me, he's like, oh my gosh. And he, he was so excited. He signed my book yeah. with like a, a TBTL thing. He put like RAR and he did hashtag TBTL on it. Yeah. So it's just this amazing community that, that I mean, that, that all just kind of get each other. We all just get each other. So are you really excited for tonight? I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was really great last night with the get together at your, uh, at Mandarin Gate for Little Red Bandwagon with just seeing so many people that we've only met online and making mm-hmm. these new friends and seeing old friends that we haven't seen. Yeah, and people coming from out of town that we've never met before. Yeah. I was amazed That's at fun. the turnout. There were more people who came than even RSVP'd. Right. It's just like that. Page just and... like the Chicago Live show. People that come here, they need something to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so this, that, why not? Yeah. Right. And speaking of live shows and speaking of the Chicago Live show. You're picking back up the boss. Did you want to do a selected reading from the boss for us? I was thinking about it. Do you have a passage that particularly moves you? Yeah, here we go. Uh, I just this. I flipped right to it. It's a well-worn. Could you could you make sure to do it in your best book read voice? I don't have one. Okay. The Brian Bosworth book read. This has to be an audio book, right? Oh, we need it. Who reads it? Will Wheaton. Well, we was a child probably at the time. There'd be about 15 or 20 of us, and we'd be in there all night. We'd eat dinner there. All the crabs and prime ribs you could eat, 15 bucks. Are you sure this is not George Brett's book? They'd always set the desserts on the table in front as you walked in, so people could see what they were. But on Wednesday nights, that table was raped and pillaged. I'm sorry, I didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't. I forgot that my favorite pass. <laughs> Raping some crab legs? He is going to definitely rape the crab legs. Uh, I'm sorry, Aiden. Oh, uh, boy. I'm sorry, Barb. One time, some of the... One Barb time, is very sensitive some... about her crabs. Oh, God. This place was full of people. By the time we got through fighting with those things, there was nobody left in the joint. It's no wonder. Some guys got blotto drunk and took the pistols into the bathroom, filled them with full of piss, and started shooting the manager. I'd have hated to be his dry cleaner. That's solid. I'm going to read this book. I would have hated to have been the manager. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read this book. That's that's a good story. That was just one random page I flipped to. Imagine what else is in there. The Boz. The Boz. By Brian Bosworth. So the clip. With Rick Riley. Are you going to set up the clip? Well, you talked about it too. I'll set up the clip. You were there. I was there. I I filmed it. So as we were saying, this is the first night of two nights of live episodes in Chicago in... May of 2011. Yeah, that sounds right. Episode number 812 in a collector series. And you have chosen a segment from this episode uh, wherein we explore Jen Flash Andrews' granny time and her defense of it in the form of a battle rap. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember how it led up to it. It was one of those typical TBTL things where it was like kind of like little joke riffs or inside joke things that start in one episode lead to another thing getting kind of layered on top of that, on top of that. It started out with them talking about the song, is it a Donny Osmond song? Mm-hmm. or Yeah? Soldier of Love or Labor Soldier, of Love. Yes. Yeah. And they're talking about that, and somehow that morphed into them talking about battle rapping mm-hmm. and challenging Sean. And so it was just this thing where like four different things on the show just all merged together into this battle rap at, at the Chicago show. Um, which was really amazing. And I actually made a video of it from the audience. It's very shaky. It was terrible. It's a terrible video, but that's on YouTube. If you search. Oh, we'll put it in our You're going to put it up? We'll go ahead and put that up at robertpape.com. Yeah. Yeah. Robertpape.com. We'll also put it on our website. We'll put it up on all over the little red bandwagon stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, let's take a listen to that clip now and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about it. All right, you guys, let's keep the fun rolling. 
but in a very safe, very cautious way, um, a way that could only be properly administered by, um, by a, let's say, a, I don't know, a grandmother, granny type of person. Ladies and gentlemen, she's in the house. It's granny time. That's right. We are blessed. We are blessed on this show with uh, a microphone that doesn't work for the host. And number two, uh, a uh, 30-something-year-old producer who lives as if she were, like, too old to be on the Golden Girls. It's a sensibility. <laughs> yes, it really is. Uh, Jen, who takes the stairs, uh, one, uh, both feet on each stair. Uh, and today when we were at Starbucks trying to have a show meeting, wouldn't log into the Wi-Fi because she thought someone was going to steal her... Like what, your, your Matlock you have in iTunes? What are they going to do to you at I Starbucks? I have a folder with all of my ideas. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but we're doing a podcast from my basement. It's not like we've got Radio Gold in Thumbthar Hills. Anyway, we love her. We really love her. Uh, but she is quite a granny, and, and uh, we do have a, a part of the show dedicated to Jen's uh, interesting uh, proclivities. So, Flash, what what's sort of been what's been up in your um, and I assume it's covered by some kind of a doily. What's been up in your granny craw this week? Actually, um, I have some regrets. Uh, I was thinking about it this week. Being a granny brings some things with it that are ugly sometimes, and I regret my racism. I was in the post office last week. And Come on! I, <laughs> I know it's not that segment anymore, but... <laughs> I saw a black gentleman in line ahead of me, and he had kind of longish hair, and he had a black baseball cap on, and I said, thankfully to myself, I think that's Master P. <laughs> because I saw Master P once on Dancing with the Stars, and he was wearing a black hat and had longer hair. Then I remembered I was in Indiana in the middle of nowhere and then I realized, oh, that was racist. I regret that. The thing I think that's so bad about that and there are like a lot of things. A lot. I would say uh, a, a big one is that um, all black guys do not look the same and also that's not even what Master P looks like. <laughs> like you have not even accurately described maybe on Dancing with the Stars he did something but to anyone who actually like, knows what Master P looks like. He's usually riding a camouflage tank and dunking on a lowered basketball hoop at midcourt like a normal person. <laughs> if you don't see a camo tank and there's no basketball court, you're not dealing with Master P. That's a no-doy. Well, I came home and um, was thinking about, about it and really reflecting and taking some time. And then I realized it goes deeper, my racism. How so? How so? I genuinely prefer the Michael Bolton version of When a Man Loves a Woman to the person. When class. a man loves a woman. Just let it wash over you. Feel it. Can't keep his mind on nothing else. Shine. It's it's blue eyed soul. What? Uh, what? The, 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 the worst part about this part of the show, and there's a lot of bad things about this part of the show, is that I had to load this into my computer tonight, and or, or, t earlier today, and number one, the people in the hotel at the James Hotel think I love Bolton because it was fucking blasting in our room. And number two, I had to watch the, the trailer for the movie When a Man Loves a Woman like 35 times to cue it up properly. So I have that. That will never stop haunting my nightscapes. Meg Ryan climbing on top of Andy Garcia in a bar as Michael Bolton like croons in the background. But you have to admit, he brings it home, you know? Can we Just... do, can we do a, a little, uh, like an audience... Percy Sledge, no, or we don't, we no? don't need to do that. Well, because they're not—they're not racist. That's <laughs> probably why. I don't think we need to do that. Well, we, we could move on to my sexism, or we could. 
Uh, or fascism, sure. Sure. People are just sure. yelling out things that are bad. <laughs> Gout! Um, all right. Anything else that's uh, anything else that's been? I do have a, a positive thing. Oh, Something good. Something I'm really excited about, Excellent. which is Excellent. that I have been waiting for a long time for nudists to figure out the program, um, because all nudists are grandparents. Like always, they're always grandparents, and finally, the nudist community has realized we need to get some young, hot people. And so they are reaching out to that group. Now, I have spent my whole life covering myself. I never leave the bathroom uncovered. I am a coverer. But I assume that I think it's at 65 when you're just like, you know what? I've lived by the rules all my life, and I just want to be naked. I think the thought is, and when they brought those um, those X-ray machines that can kind of see under your clothes... I heard a quote from a lady who was like in her 90s who had to go through it and she just said, your funeral. (laughs) I think that's ultimately why they don't give a shit. And I, for one, if we're at the campground and I'm playing volleyball against some like 70-year-old nudists, I want to know if one of them's been going to the bathroom in the RV. And I can tell because they have a ring, a red ring around their butt. So I'm just saying it's useful. There's some useful information. So they're trying trying to to recruit, they're trying to recruit hot young people. They're trying to recruit hot young people. And all I'm saying is I do spend a lot of my time, as you guys know, preparing for my retirement. Like I'm worried about them canceling all my children because that was going to be my stories when I'm, you know, I I have a plan. And one of them is possible. I mean, this is just, it's on a possibility list, which is to become a nudist. And I'm... Just because I think I'm going to be ready to let loose because right. it's been so much holding in, you know. I'm very What's re- Jason's very uh, take on that? Your husband is he? I think Jason because he'll gonna... go along with almost any of your harebrained schemes, but I feel like nudist might be really pushing it. I, I don't. I think Jason might go early. I have that <laughs> feeling. <laughs> That's going to come as particularly hard news for Jason. This <laughs> <laughs> in the back of the room. Well, this is if, if he doesn't go early, which would be great, then I will not be in it. <laughs> but I feel like if he does go early, you know how runners always drop dead and they're like, but he was a runner. Yeah. That's, I just always think that's going to be Jason. Yeah, yeah. And well, I'll just you know, keep fingers crossed. Sure. Yeah. And everyone at the memorial, every one of them who comes up to me will be like, it's so weird. He was a runner. Yeah. Like, we'll just have that conversation. That's the thing that all of the people that don't work out console themselves with is that one time a year one healthy person dies and a thousand fat people go see uh jen i I don't want to um we're having a really fun time here tonight i don't want to bring like negativity into the scene but i i'm gonna kind of tell you that we have been getting some pretty mean emails about the granny time segment what? Yeah, and there I know, right? It, it felt like we were at the point where the only people that listened to the show, we had scared away all of the people that can't stand this kind of bullshit, right? Like, we got down to just you guys, like the people who <laughs> like it. But we do get mean emails on occasion, and it's weird. There's been this kind of, like, drumbeat of, of just really, like, very vitriolic, like, people saying, this one person actually saying that you're, like, your granny style is, like, I think the quote was weak sauce, which is Who weird. Who said that? Here's the thing. Um, I got Team Six on it. <laughs> Sean put us in Sean's touch. Connection. Yeah, yeah. I know them, so yeah. you're welcome. Thank you. I asked where the phone number was, and you pointed very stiffly at it <laughs> in your shorts. Feet. It's right there. And then I <laughs> called them. They've been able to triangulate a lot of the emails and phone calls, and uh, we kind of actually know. We know who's been sending them, and I'm sad to sad to tell you it's. It's this person. We've, we've got file footage of her. Yeah. 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 Hasselhoff is into it. No, I don't think so. I think he's terrified of her. <laughs> um, and uh, it, was, it was sad because, you know, it's like you would think we've lost enough grannies to granny on granny violence. But then we've got this rapping granny who's like, and so I guess I was just kind of thinking that, like, and as we've learned this week, of course, with what, what happened with, uh, with, with bin Laden is, like, sometimes, you know, when you're pushed too far, you've got to just kind of, like, you've got to take it to the bully. You've got to hit them in the mouth 
And um, I guess I'm saying the only way you can really show this lady uh, whose boss is probably by battle rapping her. Well, I, I do travel with my rap that I wrote at all times. I assume, by the way, it's, crush, it's, it's like needle pointed in a Whitman sampler font. <laughs> is that the proper granny font? Yeah, I have it. I mean, I have it. I, I, I guess here's the thing. This isn't about me. This is about a dream. I have a dream that Jay-Z would sample the Donny Osmond amazing 80s hit, Soldier of Love. And so I just wrote something that Jay-Z, he can use it. I mean, that's for him, or it could just inspire him. Drunk people are so meta. One of the problems, though, is that I know a lot of people are like progressive rappers. Maybe Common would be considered a progressive rapper. Sean would know. Yeah. He's stood across the street from him. I've stood on the corner before in his dream. I am more of a regressive really? rapper. Yeah. So it's, I wrote it for Jay-Z, and it's still, it's for him. I mean, he, first crack, right. it's for him. But it also, I realized that I listened to mostly salt and Pepper. <laughs> a little bit of Left Eye and some Beastie Boys Circus Sabotage. So I noticed that because when we were getting ready for this, I was playing Remix to Ignition by R. Kelly, which is like one of the greatest songs of all time, if you can leave the peeing on a girl in a log cabin with a basketball court in the basement where there's a mural of him playing basketball against the <laughs> cast of Space Jam. If I think you can they're put sensitive that aside, about that here in Chicago. I know, it hits close to home. <laughs> But that's one of the greatest songs of all times. And you went, ooh, old school, like I like. <laughs> yeah, it was taking me back. So you wrote this, uh, you wrote this song for Jay-Z. Yeah. And then a listener made, <laughs> crazily enough, made a, like a beat that was Jay-Z combined with the Donny Osmond song, Soldier of Love. Right. And you're going to rap it now, but I guess as a, you know, as a message to, uh, and I do mean Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that you're I'll not. Do, I mean, I'll do it. Do you guys want her to do this? Granny rap, are you sure? All right. All right. Um, I, like most grannies, not like most rappers, though, use a music stand. Are you going to play a clarinet solo after that? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's the least granny, rap thing I've ever seen in my life. sensibility. I can't always control <laughs> what's you going see that? on. You mean, I know you don't have your you don't have your bifocals. Hold, hold on, this is going to work so much better if I talk and you don't. Okay. Um, okay. Can you see it from there? Can yeah, you see I think there? I'm okay. I think I okay. can do it. All right. It's really more of the you'll get the sense of it. All right. So here we go. This is uh, this is going out to all the haters. There are no haters. I feel like we're obsessed with haters in this world now, where it's like haters gotta hate, and it's like no one hates you. You live in Evanston, and you work at Ikea. There are no haters in your life. You have a good life. But this is going out to all the haters. All right. DJ DeTore. Let's do this. Oh, you're going to hype? Are you going to hype man this? Whatever, man. Oh, oh. I know you don't see it. What? I know you don't believe it. What? I got what's good for you. I got what I need to be true. Um, You think the one you win? Say what? I don't know. I see the tail of tears. He always leaves. I can't hear you. I'm coming. I'm coming. Like your windows by your doors. It don't matter. I'm coming. Like a... I'm coming. What? 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 Like a thief in the night who can't get his dog. Oh, I'm willing to fight because I'm a soldier alone. That's pretty good, you guys. Yeah. I know you want to hide it. What? Just try and do it tonight. Say it.
Wow. I say, I say, what's up, dog? A couple of things about that. First of all, amazing, Jen. Amazing work. Yeah. Sean, you were apparently the only moderately interested hype man. You were like, what? What? I have a bad and ear. Dude, it's an inner ear problem, okay? Felt like I was in an East Coast, West Coast beef where everyone was taking their Boniva. So. What? <laughs> indeed. That was amazing. Good job, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think we sent a message. There are no haters. That's the line that I keep coming back to from the end. There are no haters. But we start uh, this clip uh, with Luke kind of making fun of Jen for being so careful with everything. And the note that I took was her defense for... um, not wanting to log into the Wi-Fi at Starbucks was because she has a folder full of her ideas on her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and it just actually reminded me of Mike Frizzell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I saw it. I was at a store and they had one of those, like, notebooks. And it was like a million dollar idea notebook. It was at Archie McPhee's. Oh, of course. It was like a book of napkins. To write your... And I was like, I should get that for Frizzell. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we break down a lot of things in here. Um, Jen talks about her uh, racism regret because not all black people look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She likes some do some some do do, just like some white people look the same. You and Jeremy are looking closer and closer every day. Now Sklar brothers look exactly alike. (laughs) (laughs) You're still getting paid for commercial mentions for them or. Oh my God. Kind of. <laughs> um, she actually likes the Michael Bolton version of When a Man Loves a Woman. She did. She really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, there was some conversation about how the nudists are getting smart and getting younger, hotter nudists involved. <laughs> That's the key to nudists. Like, nobody's going to go. Well, I mean, I don't know. It just sounds like the nudists want to Why look at they young need people. to get they... fresh blood? I, I'm just in my head. I'm processing this, and the idea that they need to get younger, hotter nudists involved so that more hot young nudists will join, but still, just sounds like it's coming from a creepy top of like a yeah, bunch it of sounds creepy like a old church. dudes. It sounds like a bunch of creepy old dudes who're yeah. like, "I'm tired of looking at these saggy yeah. hags over here. Let's get some fresh." Like it's all right. Yeah, on. I agree. We don't want to have the conversation about whether or not we'd all go to a nudist thing. Well, Mike is was raised Mormon, so he like probably has a little bit of a trigger for proselytizing people. Proselytizing people. Yeah, I was Mormon. He knows yeah. all about getting the fresh blood, the thirteen year old third wives. <laughs> right. And I did actually get baptized for the dead. That that yeah. did happen. That did happen that to happens. me. That's gonna have to be an episode of Nerd Out Loud. We'll we'll that's a whole other. We'll show. get Jeremy and Christy to follow back around with you on that. Uh, then we get into the battle rap challenge because mean emails to TBTL quote unquote uh, have pointed out that Granny Time has seemed weak sauce. <laughs> I miss Granny Time. Me too. Yeah. Um, we were recently lis- re-listening to a bunch of. Um, episodes and um, I re-listened to the man episode everyone should go back and listen to that but there's a point when Jen takes it for the first time and absolutely freaks out and she's crying and Luke says you're being dramatic you're doing this for show and she's like I'm not my mouth is on fire and then then he goes you're a baby and a grandma you're a grandma baby and it's my favorite clip and that's the ever. man was the uh, the hot sauce. The ridiculous yes. hot sauce, right. yes. <laughs> so she blamed everything in life that's wrong is on Luke at this point. <laughs> he ruined her Dolly song. He ruined um who the whose birth who was last day was it and their birthday? The Grizz was it? I uh, uh, I think so. Libby? I don't know. Libby? It was someone's last day and that's why they were doing the man and then they were doing a karaoke song at the end. And he's, she said, you've ruined her birthday. Like, everything is wrong <laughs> with that day because he had her try a little bit. <clears throat> she probably still feels that way. 
Like if she thought about yeah. it, she would get angry. Yeah. And this is why we should have done Islands in the Stream last night at karaoke. I thought somebody was going to do that. Yeah. What happened to that? It just never happened. Um, I have a musical ethical question from this before we wrap up talking about this clip. I think the clip actually stands really well on its own. Oh, we gosh. don't need to break it down too much. The rap is obviously amazing, and Sean oh, is a so really, stop laughing. I was really while half-hearted I was hype man. My favorite thing about it, I think, is <clears throat> Luke's face. If you watch the video, Luke's uh, at robertpate.com. Luke's face, he's just so enthralled. So excited. Open mouth, like, he looks like he's nine years old, and it's like Christmas morning. He always would underestimate how awesome Jen was. Yeah. And to the point that she just wrote a rap, and it was solid, and came up there and completely performed it, and he was just in awe that she could do something like that. She even cited her influences, (laughs) salt and pepper. (laughs) sabotage era beastie boys (laughs) she probably knows a little buffalo stance yeah yeah so also i just want to tell everyone i listened to both of these episodes because for uh whatever reason i could not find the segment listen to day two the beginning because sean goes on an amazing a drunk adventure and ends up in the same clothes that he wore the night before because he snuck out of the hotel after everyone went to bed and went on a um, hobo's adventure through Chicago. Also funny about, I remember re- when they recapped their trip, I remember they had gone to a baseball game or something, and what came out, and they don't talk about this much, but Sean's weirdness about his belongings. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. He never would borrow, let anyone borrow anything. Nobody could borrow anything, but not only that, he wouldn't let anything out of his sight ever. He had like a giant military-type duffel bag, I think, just stuffed with everything, and they went everywhere, and they went to the Cubs game, and I think there was an issue. I don't remember, but there was some issue with he didn't want to have to leave his bag with whatever the, the hotel bag thing. Yeah. Or at, at the at Wrigley Field, you can mm-hmm. check the bag. But I think he was like, no. I, he, and then I think he did leave it, and then he was antsy the entire time. Mm-hmm. He was really nervous. And Luke super made fun of him for how weird he is about his. He would not let let things out of his out of his sight. I wonder if that's a weird only child thing. Do you have that? Um. I don't have that, although uh, I value, I do value certain things. Like, I don't have a ton of nice things, but the nice things I have I'm very particular about. Can I borrow your nicest thing for, um, like, a week? It'd probably be Samantha, so, sure. <laughs> no, she's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, I she's not very nice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know her. Uh, I'll get back to you. I'm not sure what it is. Okay. As soon as I figure out what your it is. Your nicest thing? Your new car. Can I borrow your new car yeah, for a week? Sam's car. Oh. <laughs> and I can't drive your Yaris. Can you, yeah, you can't. You don't drive sticks. You can't borrow my 2010 Toyota Well, Yaris. I can drive in first or second gear. Stop bragging. Wait a second. You can get to second gear, but you can't go past that? Yeah. It's well, the change over to the third. She signed, a, she signed a pledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. In high school. Just yeah. no stop third it with the Mormon talk. <laughs> She's the right. I'm just, CCR. CCR. I'm just confused about this. You... You can shift. You can handle the pedal shifting part. Yeah, that's the that's complicated easy. part. Yeah, that's the easy part. That's the me. hard part for everyone. It's no, it's e- that's part. It's the shifting from second into third. Yeah, it's just too much. It's just up and over a little bit. Well, I can't do it. Yeah, I always skip it and go over to fourth. Yeah. Uh, too just, much. I have a five seed, so that would be. I are what? Fifth. Are we still talking about cars? No. Okay. We're talking about Jeremy. Yeah. We're in a king yeah. size uh, hotel room. I know. We gotta go. Um, I have a question. Nailed it. <laughs> what? Literally. <laughs> oh, this is why you drew the blinds here before we started. Uh, R. Kelly remix to Ignition. Luke makes a point about so this. Um, is it is it like most NFL players good enough to forgive the bad? Oh. The song is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Normally, I don't do this. But he's a—he's an asshole. But he didn't pee on he's me. He's creepy. Did he really pee on the girl? Yes, I... there was video. He took video. I'm not an apologist. I'm just making sure. <laughs> there was video of it, and it got released. And she was underage. She was like 14. But he didn't right? go to jail, so. Well, that's not—that's uh, not technically in the realm of sexy times. I mean, there's a lot of people in the world that I <clears throat> hate how they are. I mean, like we had that discussion before. Where if a scientist cures cancer, but he's a complete dick, yeah, we have right. to still like his work, and that's how what I do. You know, I subscribe. You can separate. To that. Well, I, I love Woody Allen movies, and he's a weirdo. Um, and 
I'll, uh, most of that I'll defend Woody Allen to a point, but um, I don't know. It's hard. I'm still going to go to Subway. Yeah. Tom Brady drinks the blood of a virgin child every year. Oh, yeah. We just let him do it. We let him do it. Uh, all right. So R. Kelly remixed to Ignition. Oscar Pistorius murdered his wife or girlfriend, like just flat out murdered her. And he was like, he's out of jail already. Yeah. All right. The world is a terrible place, but why we'll go we, out with R. Kelly's remix. Because at the end of this clip, uh, Luke, they talk about remix to Ignition. Oh, they have this the moral is, dilemma about he, whether or not we're allowed to enjoy this song. And it's something that I struggle with. Because I always want to play it for trivia, and then I'm like, "Don't you oh, think R. Kelly? So good. It's only one good song, though. Like, I believe I can fly. Like, mm. that's not enough for anything. That no. doesn't help anybody. That doesn't. Get you I, I believe of... I but can, can fly. Can one is... song be enough to overcome everything? Like, if he had a body of work that was all as good as Remix, maybe. Well, you're forgetting about Ignition. Because really, you should listen to them back to back if you want the complete user experience. It's a freaking weekend. Yep. All right, we'll leave it there. Crystal Poppin, that's why I like it. My name was in it. That's right. Crystal, yeah. yeah. Crystal. We should see how much of this we can sing just off the top of our head. I don't know how it starts. That's premium content. To learn more, visit robertpay.com. <laughs> now, normally I don't do this. <laughs> Go ahead and break them off a little bit of that remix. If that guys, uh, let's uh, go put our fancy clothes on so we can head on over to the Neptune. I am going to wear my cowboy shirt. Yes, with rockets? Yeah. Star rockets in flight. flight. Afternoon, Afternoon delight. delight. Nailed it. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Never wait for... Wait. <laughs> well, I'm here. Oh, you're going to use that because he's here. Right. Never wait for cake. Yay. We love you, Jennifer. God help you, Jeremy. <laughs> Editing this. Where? Damn, girl, you got some cute feet. You know, Hitler had some good ideas. Nailed it.